0: International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, it is exciting. It is really, really thrilling to me to tell you that we are up and running at the National Sword of the Lord Conference today. We'll get things started at 9.30 30 with the first double-barrel service of the day, have workshops ahead of that at 8.30. And then in the afternoon from 1.30 to 3 o'clock, we'll have workshops, including my School of the Prophets, and then double-header tonight, 7 o'clock, right here at Gospelite Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. We're excited that folks are here and we thank you for joining us and for being a part of it. And you can come anytime, come for as many services as you can, and we will be thankful to have you here. So don't hesitate. Come right on. Every person is a walk-in, and we're delighted to have you. There are no fees for attending. Just plan to be here with us. Now, we're going to look today at really the seventh in a series on the prodigal son. Uh, You may recall that I was... uh, All last week, uh, talking about this great passage that we call the parable of the prodigal, we looked at the following subjects. His rebellious self. Then on Tuesday, we looked at his loving father. Then Wednesday, his journey downward. Then Thursday, his home away from home, talking about the far country. And then number five, his blessed revival, where he came to himself and said, I'm going back home. And then We noted after he got home, number six, that was yesterday, his rewarding restoration. The father said to him, you're not a servant, you're my son. And so the best robe, the ring, the shoes, and the fatted calf, all of that for him was the reward for him coming back. Now today, I have to deal with another part of this parable that honestly, I wish it were not here. I wish it were not something that we had to deal with, but indeed we do. And it's the part of this that I call his ugly brother, his ugly brother. And I'm going to read a little portion of it right down at the end of the parable, starting in verse 25. It says about the father and the younger son, everything's been said about them. But now then it says, now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he, that is the older son, was very angry, and would not go in, and therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, "'Lo, these many years do I serve thee, "'neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, "'and yet thou never gavest me a kid,' "'talking about a goat, "'that I might make merry with my friends. "'But as soon as this thy son was come, "'which hath devoured thy living with harlots, "'thou hast killed for him the fatted calf.' "'And he said,' that is, the father, said to him, "'Son, thou art ever with me, "'and all that I have is thine.'" So that's the story of the elder son. And uh, as I rehearsed for you, everything we've been through up to now, I've come to this part because I had mentioned earlier that not everybody is going to be happy when the prodigal comes home. Some folks are just not going to receive it well. Now, this guy that I'm calling the ugly brother, he stayed home. He did not demand his inheritance. He did not take off down the road. He did not go to the far country. He stayed right there, stayed on the job. He was at work every day, and he stayed close to his father. Really, up until now, I mean, up until this day when his brother came home, there were no issues with this guy, so far as I can tell. I mean, he seemed to be just a good family member, doing what a good family members should do. And even when the son came home that had been gone, now this brother— Was out in the field, hard at work, taking care of the responsibilities that had been assigned to him. But whenever he showed up in the late of the day and discovered that the celebration for his brother's return was in full swing, he revolted at the news when it was given to him. Now, hang on just a minute because I'm going to defend him just a little bit. Just a little. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. See, this man has carried, no doubt, a bigger load a heavier amount of the work because the younger brother was gone. The younger brother had assignments. He had responsibilities. But when he took off down the road, somebody had to pick up the slack. And no doubt this older brother has been for however long this has been. Maybe it's been weeks. Maybe it's been months. Maybe it's been a year or two. Whatever the case, the Bible doesn't tell us what the length of the time was. But whatever that time frame was, this guy has been handling more responsibilities simply because that his wayward brother was gone. Now, second thing that I'll kind of take up for him, this passage tells us that when the younger brother came back, they didn't wait for the older brother to come in from the field to start the celebration. When he shows up at the end of his workday, they are already in full celebration mode and they didn't wait for him. Now, I can imagine, I mean, he's a family member too. He is a part of this family And yet, I mean, they just get on with the celebration and uh, not even thinking that he's out in the field and we should wait till he gets back. So with these things in mind, I can understand him being maybe a little bit upset, but uh, this does not tell his whole story because in spite of the fact that we defend him just a little bit, he too made some missteps. And in his own way, I think he's demonstrating that he's got some prodigal spirit as well. In fact, his probably could more aptly be described as Pharisaical, uh, more like the Pharisees than uh, his uh, brother who was the prodigal because, and let me just itemize, things that he did he shouldn't do, things where he made a misstep. Number one, he reacted to a decision that his father had made. Now, remember, the father in this parable is representative of the Lord God himself. He is representative of our Heavenly Father. And whenever I question or you question our Heavenly Father, I mean, we just ask an inappropriate question because we have to remember God is all-wise. He's all-knowledge. He knows everything, and He has wisdom that is absolutely a 1,000% perfect. And so whenever you and I raise an issue with Him, I mean, we're off base. And the Son here, in this case, it was not His decision to make. And so He is reacting to a decision that the Father made And not just reacting in terms of asking questions, but the Bible pointedly says he became angry. I mean, that just indicates he is just absolutely mad. He's not thinking wisely, and so he lets his anger get going. And then in verse 28, he actually rebuffed his father. He stands up to his father because when the father came out and said, Son, come on in your brother's back, the celebration is underway, he would not go in. He did not even want to see his brother who had returned. And the father had made the invitation, made the appeal to him, and he turned that down. He rebuffed his father. And then verses 29 and 30, he voiced his displeasure at all of this. He said, look, I've been faithful. I've labored here all these years, and you've never given me anything extra. I've not had anything really in terms of honor or celebrations. And uh, he is just absolutely livid because of the decision made by the father. Now, let's point out here, the Bible is clear. This brother who misbehaved, the one I'm calling the ugly brother, he is older, and wouldn't you think he might be more mature? Well, obviously he is not. Instead, he is rather pharisaical in his behavior. I mean, if a family member—I mean, it may be a third cousin three times removed—but if they've come back from the wayward ways, if they've come back from the far country, if they've returned from the pigsty, if they have returned from wallowing in the world, listen, all of us ought to rejoice that they're back. Now, that doesn't mean it's solved everything. It doesn't mean everything is perfect again, but it does mean the one who was off and gone has gotten back and things are starting to improve. Now, I have to say, this dear brother, the ugly brother, he's been good up to now, but all at once, all of this reaction to his brother's return, I mean, it's just bad. Let's just put it where it is. It is bad. And even, listen, dear friend, you can do a lifetime of good things and mess it up in mere minutes. That is just the fact of the matter. In fact, you may remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul was talking about all of us running the race and running it to receive a crown and doing it uh, certainly and positively and all of that. And then he said, I keep my body under subjection, lest that by any means when I've preached to others myself should be a castaway. Now, you and I need to remember this castaway principle. That's not saying that he's lost That's not saying that he's not saved, but it just means he's on the scrap heap and he is not usable. He is not producing what he ought to produce for the Lord. And uh, the Apostle Paul said, let's be careful that we don't become worthless, that we don't become fruitless, that we don't put ourselves in such jeopardy that we are just piled up on the scrap heap as a castaway. And you and I know you can do good things year after year, and mess it up, I mean, in a matter of just minutes. Now, the challenge that all of us have, the challenge that this ugly brother had, was staying lined up with his father. Whenever you and I become a Christian, then uh, that old fleshly nature is still there, even though we now have a new spiritual nature. But we need to let the father give us orders. We need to let the father speak to us, tell us what we need to do. I mean, after all, This whole thing is set around the Father's house. That's the place where he was. That's the place where he came back to. That's the place where he ought to be. And when you and I don't stay lined up with our Heavenly Father, there's always conflict with our peers. You can count on it. I mean, it may be the people in the pigsty. It may be the people in the far country. Or it may be the people in the Father's house. But if we don't stay lined up with the Father, you're not going to get along well with the crowd that is present wherever that you happen to be. And in the Father's house, let's just put it plainly, the Father runs the house. His rules are the way things are done. So for you and me, well, what we need to be singing is trust and obey. We simply need to sing that great song and just make clear that we're going to trust God and we're going to take orders, listen to him, do what he says. So that's the challenge. Stay lined up with the father. That's where this guy, this ugly brother, he messed up because he didn't follow the leadership of his father. Now, there is a lesson here, and that is simply this. You and I should not let someone else, even though they may have misstepped, they may have betrayed us, They may have done something ugly. They may have been immoral. They may have disappointed us to the nth degree. But you and I should never let the missteps of someone else cause us to misstep. It's sure enough that the prodigal made a mess. But there's no reason for this older brother to misbehave. I've seen it happen again and again. Somebody's hero messes up. And all at once, they just crumble as a result and start making silly or unwise, foolish, I mean, even wicked decisions themselves. And that ought never to be the case. Your strength should not ebb away because of someone else's weakness. The fact is, there's just no excuse for us doing that. Never let someone else's missteps cause you to misstep. And one more point here, verse 31 makes very clear. This older brother, his inheritance was still intact. He had not lost one piece of his inheritance because of his brother's wayward deeds. So he really had nothing to complain about. Well, I hope this has helped. Now, we've got one more lesson I'll do tomorrow. And uh, the Lord being my helper, we want to do it. And it's a very, very big point to be made from this parable. Hey, listen, I love to hear from you. So do write me a note and uh, do plan to be at the National Sword Conference this week. I'm delighted to have you and I look forward to seeing you. But write me a note, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.